0: Live presented by Kaleida Health.
1: All right. Here we are. It's Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Pills Live is the show. And I am promising you today our show is not going to be hijacked by yet another retirement of Tom Brady. We will mention it. We will reflect on it momentarily. And then we are moving on. I'm not giving time to this guy. I'm sorry. Color me jaded. Whatever you want to do. My favorite line from the coverage so far was a line oh, on that gosh. show, first take on ESPN. I believe it was Molly Karam who said it. And she said, you got to respect Tom Brady, a guy who never cheated the game.
0: <laughs> Brownie
1: lost it when she said that. Are you kidding that. me? Did you actually put that sentence together beforehand, or did you just say it off the cuff?
0: I actually... Never cheated the game. <laughs> Okay. I thought Brown. Okay. Oh, uh, I thought Brown was going to put his laptop through the through the TV. I almost had three veins pop out of my oh skull. Oh my gosh. Never uh, cheated the game. Get awesome. the heck out of here with
1: that. Get the heck out of here. Good. So he's got to hide behind a sand dune and retire a second time. Very I said nice. this. Here's my take Best on of it. luck to you, buddy. The,
0: the Patriots and their and the all the Super Bowls they went to and won. Um it's amazing that they. It, you would think in a perfect world, a team and a franchise who was able to do that, even with one quarterback who's who's very good, who's awesome, that would they would just get way more attention and respect than they do from the people um, inside the game. Um, I don't see that happening. In fact, the people I talk to, they're all like, they you know, they're kind of like shrug their shoulders, and say, yeah, it's, uh, there's none of this, in. in in back rooms where people whisper in all, oh, like, wow, those guys are really good. They really got to go. – there's none of that because there is such a specter of secretive and being caught cheating on so many different avenues of the game. They just don't get the respect a team who has won that much would get. Uh, plus, they do a lot of things with their hiring and the way they run their program that just screams that they have secrets to keep. Mm-hmm. So they're – and and I think some of that goes over in Tom Brady's career. So people are just kind of – he doesn't get that kind of level of respect because of the specter of all the stuff they've been caught doing outside the rules. So while Brady is – just playing the game like he did for as long as he did to the age of 45 is a remarkable achievement, no question about it. But with the franchise and the teams that he was a part of and, and the specter that is always there with them – He'll never get as much respect – as much as he gets, um, he's not going to get what you would think a guy of that – he's far and away. His numbers and his accomplishments are, are just dwarf everybody's. But because of the specter of cheating that is associated with him, he'd never get the amount of respect yeah. you would think a guy like he would. That's that's where I'm at right now.
1: Right. And I think more of that cheating history falls on Belichick than it does on Brady. Sure. But Brady was suspended. Well, he was a beneficiary of it. Yeah. He was a beneficiary of it, and he took part in at least one of them that we know, namely Deflategate. So, fine. Your career's over. Thank God. I know we're going to have to, unfortunately, see on Fox as an analyst, but whatever, dude.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Well, there you go. Um,
1: Belichick, by the way, hasn't won a playoff. He's got one playoff victory without Tom Brady on his roster in his career. Fantastic. Uh, that's enough of that. I'm going to get to more encouraging topics. Uh, DeMar Hamlin has teamed up with the American Heart Association to encourage people to learn how to perform CPR. Obviously, that was a critical technique that saved his life on the field in Cincinnati just about a month ago. So he's teamed up with the American Heart Association, and he has a three-point plan kind of in – tying in with his jersey number three and basically it goes like this step one is learn cpr step two is donate to the heart american heart association and step three is to challenge three other people to do the same uh steve and i have been challenged by a bills fan online so i'm ready to uh get myself familiarized with the techniques of cpr um I learned some of the steps back in the day, back in, like, junior high school, where we had to do it as part of health class. We weren't certified in it, per se, but we had to learn it, just the basics. Um, It's probably long overdue. Probably should learn that. Um, I know my – you said your wife knew how to do it. My wife learned how to do it being a former lifeguard. She was certified for a long time, too. So, yeah, I should probably get on the ball with that one. So I accept the challenge, I guess I should say.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's a great idea. Great. Yeah, it's it's a good idea to do not just be, and we've all been reminded of it by what happened in Cincinnati on that well, yeah. Monday night and uh it's great. So, um yeah, I'll be making a donation as well to uh to that. So it's it's a good nice nice challenge. Now now we have to challenge three other people. Yes. So we'll have to do that in due course. Right. I think I got to
1: I think I got to do my part first and then I'll worry about it challenging three other people but <laughs> right. good for Demar. you know turning what could have been a horrible negative into another positive and that's just kind of the guy he is so not surprised but glad he was able to channel that in a positive way and help the american heart association in the process we have some coaching carousel news that pertains to the bills according to reports bills receivers coach chad hall will be interviewing with the baltimore ravens for their vacant offensive coordinator position. I was scouring the wires to try to find if there have been other candidates interviewed, and I could not find any names. Now, some of their in-house candidates uh, include their quarterbacks, Coach, so it's presumed that they'll probably interview a couple of guys internally. But as far as other external candidates, I have not seen any besides Chad Hall, so we'll have to see where that goes. Perhaps the process is just beginning, No, it's knowing it's been just about a week since they mutually parted ways with offensive coordinator Greg Roman. Right. Yeah. But there is a tie there because I believe Chad Hall was playing receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles when John Harbaugh was there as special teams coach. So there is some familiarity. Right. Um, So I guess that makes sense to some degree. Chad Hall has never been a coordinator, so that would be a major promotion for him. Uh, if, in fact, the Ravens hired him. So we'll have to see how that plays out on that front. Interesting, to say the least, though. Uh, yeah, and
0: it's interesting, too, because they're gonna, going after a wide receiver coach, somebody who's been around Brian Dayball and all those guys who who has enough of a hand in a creative passing attack to go over and start coaching up Lamar Jackson, who, you know, up to this point, they've been a run-first offense. And it does, I think, tip... The scale, as to what the Ravens are trying to demonstrates a shift in philosophy. Exactly, for sure. That's, I think, the most telling part of this interview. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that goes. And it could be, and we may be out. It could be the fact that John Harbaugh knows and likes Chad Hall and has given him this, so that other teams will say, "Oh, they're they're looking at Chad Hall." Let's and then give him a chance to get more interviews because the Ravens took him seriously. some coaches are, have been known to do that for guys, but i don't I don't know yeah, it's about time though Chad hall's been a really good assistant coach here for a for an offense that's been really prolific, so yeah. it does make sense. We are going around the n f l which is presented by Collider Health,
1: the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills, and the head coaching openings filled up fast yesterday. We saw Frank Reich get formally introduced as the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And then after we were off the air late afternoon yesterday, D'Amico Ryans, named as new head coach of the Houston Texans, where he played a good portion of his playing career as a linebacker, he seemed overjoyed to be getting that job. He called it a dream job. They have a lot of work to do, but they do have a lot of draft capital. So if Nick Casario, their GM, can kind of hit on some draft choices, including quarterback, D'Amico Ryans could very well turn that thing around sooner rather than later. He's not playing in a super strong division. I think we could all agree that the Titans are on the decline, and the Colts have no quarterback themselves, so really it's the Jaguars. Yeah, so it's really just the Jaguars at this point in time that are the main obstacle to dramatically improving your status in the AFC South. So D'Amico Ryans goes there, 37-year-old, head coach and then moments after that sean payton was named head coach of the denver broncos as the broncos decided to cough up a first round pick i think a second round pick and maybe another yeah uh to get the contractual rights to sean payton who still had contractual rights rights tied to the
0: saints in the coaching profession it, um i've got I, I went down and found this uh, This is what the Broncos gave up, and I'll I'll tell you what they gave up, and here's what they got in return. What they gave up was three first-round picks, three second-round picks, a fifth-round pick this last year, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. Oh, you're talking about the
1: combination of
0: traits. What they got was Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, and then last year's fourth-round pick and – in two years, they'll get a third-round pick. So they traded all those those three players and seven draft picks for Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and two other draft picks. Um, got to take a page out of the Rams' book there. That's right. But they got Russ. Think about it though. They got Russ Wilson and Sean Payton for those for those pl- draft picks and players. And it's it's you know three firsts and three seconds. Um, it's a big plus the other stuff i don't know it could be worth it i mean you really think if these guys yeah. come out if if sean payton gets out of russ wilson what pete carroll got out of russ wilson yeah. it's brilliant so right now there are
1: five nfl clubs that no longer have first round picks this year they are the broncos the browns the dolphins the rams and the 49ers. So Broncos, for obvious reasons, with the Sean Payton acquisition, the Browns still paying the price for Deshaun Watson, the Dolphins for the Bradley Chubb trade, the Rams because they're the Rams, and the 49ers who acquired Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers via trade. So uh, those are the teams without a first-round draft choice. Um, it's interesting. interesting. You always wonder how these are going to pan out because the Dolphins acquired Bradley Chubb, who didn't really help him this year at all. Maybe with a new defensive coordinator, it, they he will, but he was disappointing down the stretch for Miami, which finished 24th in the league in sacks, by the way. Right. Um, the 49ers did get a boost from Christian McCaffrey, got to the NFC title game, but injuries killed them. Yeah, but that wasn't. Yeah, but the trade didn't kill them. The trade didn't kill the them. The injuries killed them to the quarterbacks. And um, then the Browns. You wonder if they're already lamenting the fact that they still have two more first-round picks to hand over to the Texans for the rights to acquire Deshaun Watson, who also, by the way, has a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. And that's, one thing, that, that's
0: one thing as well. Um, the I, I told you all the things that Denver got back. They got Sean Payton and Russ Wilson back, but they also got Russ Wilson for $165, $165 million in guaranteed money. Uh, 124 million's already been given to him, <laughs> so it was all that stuff plus that money, and plus whatever they're paying Sean Payton, uh, along with the that's going to be a hefty sum. Too. Sure, it's probably what 15 million a year or something at least. That's what he they said. That's what the ballpark was. Wow. Um, but if they can win, if they bounce back and build the roster and win, I'll say then, you know, hey, it's all worth it. Think about this, though, with Sean Payton. He left New Orleans after winning a, a, a Super Bowl and then getting to the... Remember, this was the Nicole Roby Coleman pass interference that got the Rams into the Super Bowl. That, they, that was at the expense of the Saints. So Sean Payton put together a really good football team, and they were at the top of the heap in the NFC for year after year after year after year. But now... In this last, starting with this last year, his first year gone, they were seventy-five million dollars over the cap yep. in February. Seventy-five million. They were like almost forty. They were forty percent over the cap. So astounding. I don't know that his philosophy of building a, a roster is long-term possible. Right. Um, it's not sustainable, obviously. Because now they're, they're still 40-whatever million over the cap this year. I don't think they
1: care. They just move the money around every year and make it work. I mean, they were $110, $12 million over the cap last year. And somehow, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's like an 11th-hour fire sale every time they get right. to the end of the league year. It's crazy. And they do it every I, – I don't know how you live like that. I really don't. Forget about playing football every Sunday. How do you live like that with the books? It's just – that is enormous, enormous stress. Now, here's some interesting stuff about the draft, Steve. Four teams have multiple picks in the first round. The Eagles have their own pick and the Saints pick. So they're going to pick 10th, the Eagles. They're going to pick 10th and at the bottom of the round. The Lions have their own pick and the Rams pick from the Stafford trade. Which
0: is pretty high this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah considering the Rams. They're picking 6th from the Rams. 6th top 10 pick. Seahawks have their own pick and the Broncos pick from the Russell Wilson trade. The Texans have their own pick and the Browns pick from the Watson trade. So, the Texans are picking 2nd and 12th. Then you have this. The Lions and the Seahawks each have four picks in the first two rounds. They have two ones and two twos. You hit on those, man. You're you're in business. Well, it certainly
0: gives you a boost at the right spots. The Eagles I, have three in the first two me, rounds. So do the Panthers, Steelers, and Texans. When you're, uh, yeah, the second and the twelfth pick. I wonder if do you a could, lot of damage. Yeah, I wonder if you could trade a those two for like. A one and three twos or four twos. You know what I mean? Why would you want to do that? Well, because you need a quarterback. Houston's going
1: to stay there too. Yeah,
0: yeah, but at, at the other teams like Detroit as well. Detroit could do the same thing. But you could get my point is this: you could completely, completely rebuild an, a complete offensive line.
1: You could oh, get. Okay, I see. What you could
0: completely rebuild an offensive line. You could, you know, you could absolutely become dominant at a place where even if if you had a good secondary, you could take you know, another top flight corner and, you know, even make it stronger, that kind of thing. You could really transform your roster because you could build a component of either offense or defense. In my my case, I'm talking offense. You could build an offensive line that's dominant overnight. Yeah. And it would be dirt cheap. Uh, Get three, you could, you know. Because we've all talked about it, and it's becoming more – and people are screaming it on social. All these analysts are talking about it. I read this thing today. Here's how you do it. Here's the here's the trends in the National Football League that are happening. It's all about the big dudes. It's up front, offensive line, defensive line. And in a league that's an offensive league, like we all harp about that it is, it's the offensive line, bro sleeve. Get those guys. No. Everybody's scrambling. We talked about it. We can't even expand the National Football League because they don't have off offensive linemen that can play. Get those guys yeah. and
1: stock up on them. Well, I was saying it tongue-in-cheek the other day. My first three picks for the
0: Bills are O-line, O-line, and O-line. Yeah. I mean, we do, we've got this. I know that's not necessarily realistic. I mean, we'll get but, to it, but that's what our Twitter question was today. And, that, you know, and our, you know, the fans are talking to us about that as well. I mean, that, I'm with them. If you got, if you. Uh, it's not sexy, but it's necessary. Think about this. Five years ago, or however long it was, Dak Prescott comes in the league, same year as Zeke Elliott. Those two Jokers, those two rookies, go 12 and 4 because they've got an absolutely dominant. Yeah, they had four offense. Pro Bowl players they on their offense. They had four Pro Bowl players on their offense, and they were all as big as a. A, as big as a Volkswagen bus, all four of them, they were huge, and they could run. They were at them, and they, you know, Dak Prescott as a rookie went further than Dak Prescott as a fifty-year player because of those guys. That's it, man. That's that's the key to life in the NFL for me. Mm-hmm. Those guys got to be outstanding, and you got to have like nine of them.
1: Yeah. But you can't have nine veteran ones. You can't afford them. Yeah, and that's what happened with Dallas. Because the good ones are like twenty million a pop. Right, and their line kind of disintegrated because they couldn't pay everybody. So you got to keep on drafting them. Yeah, you got you Lyle Collins
0: cheap. playing in Cincinnati. Yeah, though. you need cheap labor,
1: um, and that comes in the draft. So yeah, you should be should be drafting linemen every year. On both sides of the ball. I agree. Just from a numbers perspective I, alone. There, I mean, you got to put five guys out there every week. And I know pass and dress rushers. dress eight.
0: I mean, the Bills have been going with the pass rushers, you know, all the way, you know, A.J. Epinesa, Greg Russo, Boogie Basham, Ed Oliver. I mean, they drafted the Brown
1: list. and, you know, Tommy Doyle, but that was in the middle rounds.
0: Yeah, and they. And Cody Ford a few years back in the second round. Wyatt Teller, who has become, a fifth round like, pick. you know, a, kind of a. You know, proverb here in Buffalo, you don't know what you got until it's gone, that kind of thing. And then, you know, this team was set back dramatically when Eric Wood and Richie Incognito both left from one year to the next unexpectedly. Right. Didn't expect, we didn't, at the end of the year, you didn't expect to lose either one of those guys, and he lost both of them.
1: Definitely not both. Wood was going to be here because he had signed an extension.
0: Right. And when he when he Eric couldn't play, and then Richie incognito couldn't go, and that's it they just that was like guys taken right off the top, and you know you never recovered from that. they never recovered from that that next year, which was Josh's rookie year when he was forced to play, it was it could have been so much better with those two guys so mm-hmm. i i'm I am all about it i'm we, we I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole of talking about. Offensive linemen, and how important they are, but that's that's where I see it. That's where I see it, and all these guys, you know, the, you see these. Oh, I, I don't know how we do because all we're talking about these draft picks of these teams and where we, they would go. You see all the analysts and all the stuff coming out of Birmingham or wherever it is. Not the Senior Bowl. All they do is show highlights of offensive linemen one on one, game film, practice film. All you see are the big guys. Nobody see I don't see any great catches. I don't see quarterbacks throwing it. All I see is the big dudes. It's become the mantra I think in the league.
1: Yeah. And it's going to It's going to keep I think it's going to stay that way for a while. I don't I don't see it changing.
0: No, and I it, the way the league is set up too, it's hard to stockpile those guys. They tend to be spread pretty evenly. These guys have got good tackles, but their interior linemen are bad. Or, and those guys have got a really good center and a good right tackle and right guard, but their left side's really weak. You know, it's all mixed up. And, and, and you know, teams make do. That's what a lot of teams do. You, they're stuck doing that. I remember last, two years ago, I think it was, when Bills really got good. They had like 13 guys in training camp on the offensive line. It was like, I don't know who's going to play. These guys are really good. Yeah. And certainly they that's the year they kind of – took a big, big step forward in 2020.
1: There is uh, a little bit of news in the AFC East. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is reporting that Dolphins quarterback Tua tonga has cleared the NFL's concussion protocol. He met with several medical professionals through the course of the process, and according to Rappaport's report, they are confident he'll be 100% when the time comes for football. So good to hear he's out of the protocol it took him
0: approximately what are you going on
1: going on about 8 weeks now? Maybe 9?
0: It was the week bef- it was week 18 of the regular season, right? No, it was before that. No, it was that. before, it was before that.
1: that. Yeah. I'll tell you when it was. I can't remember when it was, but I want to say we're going on about 2 months here.
0: I know exactly when it was. It was the time when they played uh was it the was it the Rams? What, who? What, what, what's, yeah, we'll
1: have to look it up during the break because I can't remember off the top of my head. But
0: it wasn't the? It was the Jets. It was week. It was the week eighteen or was it the uh, Jets? Patriots, Patriots, I want to say it was Packers. before that. So it was after the Bills game. I think it might have been the Packers game. I think it was the Packers game. It was the Packers game. So as one, two, three, four. It's been four weeks, five weeks, a month. Okay, that's it. I thought it was longer than that. All right. Well, either way,
1: it's good that he's out. It's going to be very interesting what the future holds because when you have several of them in close proximity, that's when you really run the risk of a career being over. That's what happened to Kevin Cobb, who never played a regular season game for the Bills because he got another concussion in a preseason game while he was with the Bills and then was out for that year and never played football again. He had approximately seven in three seasons and Tua's had three in one season, so they're going to have to really, really watch that between, you know, what happened this past season and what's going to happen from here on out. Um, you hope the recovery time here in the off season is enough for him to kind of continue his career as normal, but I, I'm really wondering if he's going to have a different kind of helmet, you know, that he's wearing next year, et cetera, et cetera, because... Yeah he does run the risk of seeing his career cut short if he has one or two even next year. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah.
0: He's he has a- one
1: or two next year, five and two
0: in a calendar year?
1: Yeah. That's bad.
0: It's really bad. It's really bad. Now, they I have said, and I don't know if this has changed, I think I might have said this before I'm talking to somebody about it, that they the adage always was when I was playing that if you allow yourself to be completely healed from a concussion – you're no more susceptible to getting another one than you would have been otherwise without the first concussion but the less 100% you are and getting and receive another concussion um it takes less force to give you the second concussion and subsequently if you don't heal from the second concussion it takes less to give you the third and less to give you the fourth so that it's it, it's imperative that you completely get away from that concussion and get 100% healed before you go back and, and risk another one because then it does get – then it does get bad. Uh, but that's what we were always told as players, that if you do get 100% out of the other concussion, you're no more susceptible to a new one. I don't know if medical uh, medical information has told us differently at this point.
1: Yeah. So good, best of luck to him. But, man, it's I'm going to cringe. He, I don't even root for that guy. And I'm going to cringe every time he takes a hit. I really am, just because of his concussion history. Yeah. So hope the best for him. But, man, it's going to be tough playing that position, primarily because he's not good at avoiding the big hits. He's really not. And he's not big. And, you know, he's somewhat mobile, but he's not really exceptionally mobile.
0: Brownie. You say he's not good at avoiding the big hits. Those concussions weren't – none of them were big no, hits. No, they – well, no. They, they weren't. His, he fell on the that's ground. That's what's even scarier. Head. He banged his head on the ground. And, you know, Dolphin fans, as as every fan base would do. I mean, Dolphin fans, when – you know, Matt Milano's the guy that kind of pushed to – he threw the ball and Matt pushed him down. Yeah. And he got the concussion from that. He got up staggering. And that's when the, the finger quote back injury happened before the next yeah. one, he, then when he really went down. You know – that was not a bad hit.
1: And then the other one was the whip down. He got whipped down onto the ground by his on jersey. Thursday,
0: yeah, and that was on the Thursday game that followed the Sunday where he had the back injury, which was a concussion, as we all yeah. believe. And then it was it was turned into a, yeah. a bad
1: season. So to wrap up around the NFL, there are only two remaining head coaching openings left, that being the Cardinals and the Colts. And we'll see how quickly those are filled now that the Dominoes have begun to fall. Topic of discussion today, what are your top two roster priorities for the Bills this offseason? Whether it's offense, defense, special teams, where do you place the roster priorities? Your top two for this team for this offseason, 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, the number to get on board. We have some open lines for you there. Coming up in the second hour of the show, we will have salary cap guru mike janiti joining us from spotrack.com really an all-in-one site for keeping an eye on the cap how things could work for your team He even has some interactive tools you can use if you want to run through restructuring this guy or that guy for your team you can do all of that uh on his site some really good stuff on there so we'll be good to catch up with mike in the second hour of the show as we talk offseason priorities with him as well. But we want to talk with you first at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. What are your top two roster priorities with the Bills roster this offseason? We take a break here, but we're back with your phone calls and your tweets next on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.